Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Show to Be with Mike G, the show of life, the show of Dallas, Texas, the show of Milk Punch. Today's guest is the wonderful Josh Hendricks, now working for Moet, Hennessy. This is my first foray into interviews in Dallas. I've been to Dallas before, and I keep hearing about all these amazing people, all these amazing cocktail establishments, and I really had to touch base with the first person that I truly spent some great time with from the Dallas cocktail scene. And this interview is an amazing friend to Josh's life. He is meant to be in the hospitality industry. We talk about Guns N' Roses, some skateboarding. Again, lots of skateboarding. But I hope you guys enjoy this chat with Josh Hendricks. I have never seen Guns N' Roses live, and I've been listening to them since I was a child, too yeah. young to go to concerts like Guns N' Roses. So I would love to go see just GNR. It would be, I think it'd be pretty good. Yeah. I think they'd sound good. Yeah. But I, I just don't know, as with anybody, like sometimes you see these guys on stage, tw- oh, shit, because they broke up in what, probably like 91, 92? Uh, I want to say later than that. Later? Like maybe 93, 94, okay. but yeah, usually somewhere early to mid 90s for sure. And so they've been gone. They've been gone for 20 something years. Yeah. And so to like step back into it, because Axel looks He's real fat, fat now. He's <laughs> fat. But his voice still sounds good. Does it still sound good? Because I've seen him with his other band, like do performances on late night TV and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. His voice still sounds good. I'm. That's good. Yeah. That's good. And he's still fashionably dressed, but it's it's not slim. But hey, you can't. I'm not the fucking Josh Hendricks I was 20 years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like. Yeah, but if you had a bunch of money, could you be? Well, if I had a bunch of money, I'd probably be even fatter than that. <laughs> I'm not doing shit. I'm not lifting a finger. <laughs> <laughs> I can pay a full automation. Every fucking person can do oh. all this stuff for me. Love it. But it's it's good. So it's good to see Guns N' Roses back. Slash is going to do it. But Izzy Stradlin, who was one of the original Yeah, drummers, totally. I what about Duff? Duff's uh, definitely doing it. Okay. But I don't know who's playing drums. I think it's Matt Sorum Matt, who's playing drums. that's what I would think. I think, right? But I don't think that Izzy Stradlin's playing guitar, which is why it had that's some, people weird. Up, some people were up in arms Was he playing what, piano then? No, I don't think he's joining them at all. Oh, he's I not even. The only ones I know, the the three. Those are only confirmed so yeah, far. Yeah, well, I think that's the touring band. I don't know who's the extra guitar player, but I have to look into it. Uh. It's kind of strange. And Ice Cube, I think, is headlining as well. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why not? <laughs> <laughs> that's it. It, beca- it becomes the why not. Yeah, headliners. totally. The why not totally. lineup. That's a fucking good job for you. Right. right? But these guys, you know, because LCD Systems playing in the background, they're getting back together. Sure. They they were apart for like four years, and then they got back together. So either the bank account run drew over uh, drew very dry, or they just you can't live without it. I don't yeah. know. It's strange. Huh. Do you, you ever listen to At the Drive-In? So, I might have heard them, yeah. but I couldn't tell you that I have. That's another big one. So this, it's a good time in music in that sense that us being a little bit more probably middle to upper class now than when we were when we first were listening to these bands, they're all coming back. Yeah, we can come check them out. Finally, we can relate to it still. You know what I mean? Now like, we can. It's relate. nostalgic, right? Yeah, because yeah. before you know, you look at it, I was God when you use your illusion 
one or two came out. It was 92, 91, 92, mm-hmm. like 11 or 12. These dudes are Most badass records. Amazing, right? Double album. And they're like, they are, they have this meteoric power as rock stars and I'm just a kid. Totally. So, but totally. now I look at, <laughs> now we turn in 36 next week, I look at Axel and it's like, well, maybe we weren't that far apart, but at that time, man, I you know do some catching up. It's so strange how yeah. that dynamic changed, but you'll pay whatever it takes to take you back to where you sure. felt like a it kid. Was fun. Yeah. It was totally it was fun. It was fun. Totally. Yeah. Fun. Well, how was your trip to to Austin then? It you was were in there cool. a couple of days. I, I saw you had a crew with Tober and Brandon. Yeah. So I was um, doing what I've learned is called a road show in this mm-hmm. ambassador role that I have now, and was going to the different markets in Texas, um, speaking on Belvedere and the new flavor that we're launching, which is Belvedere Peach Nectar. Oh, interesting. And I was introducing that to all the um, the sales teams on the distribution side. Like Glazers and Public yes, and stuff. Yes, yeah. exactly. And um, after I was done with that, I'd wake up in one city and would go to sleep in another. So, I would, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was like from San Antonio in the morning presenting, then go to Austin. And so when we got in town that night, I was able to have the fortune of linking up with Brandon and Toby. Yeah. And um, Bianca Anderson, a good friend of ours, is with us as well. Oh, cool. And, um, you know, the snowball effect kind of happens. We went and saw a movie over would, at uh, Alamo Draft yeah, House. Yeah, what would you see? Um, the new Leonardo DiCaprio movie. The Revenant. Yes. I just saw it last night. What'd you think? It was long. It was long. It, so it's did great. you go into it, like, with preconceived notions? Like, had you seen trailers? Because I hadn't. I walked I, into it not knowing anything. Yeah, it's a great... My, I came in with a couple biases. And one was that I knew... He and Caprio and Hardy were up for Academy Awards, right? So that I knew, and then Inaritu was in up for Academy Award as well for for director, and I knew it'd be long because that's what his movies are like. Inaritu's mm-hmm. movies, so that was it though. And Beyond a Bear Attack, which was like one of the greatest things I've ever seen, in a <sighs> Jesus. If you didn't walk away from the movie with any other impression exactly. or emotion or feeling, that bear scene, God damn it, it's crazy. And I've then he sees his movie. son killed right after that. Ugh. Spoiler. Sure. But it's not even a spoiler because that's the whole impetus for the movie and the journey and all the shit he has to walk through to get to the other end, you know? But do you think he deserved an Academy Award for that's his That's a great... That's what I was talking to Ludia about this morning because I woke up and I'm like, does he just... That was almost like the first thing I said to her this morning because we watched it last night. I'm like, does that a, a cat, is, did he lead the movie? It's like Castaway kind of, right? The person that played the role of Fitzgerald... Yeah, his, his crushed it. Dick. Crushed it. Such a dick. But he crushed his yeah, role though, right? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I remember his character more. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even though Leo's character did um a lot more activities that he you saw as yeah. a viewer and emotionally participated in, like right, when he right. had to sleep inside of the horse. Ugh. You know what you know what I mean? Yeah, like dude. scenes like that, Some like Empire Strikes Back shit. Right. right like <laughs> it totally takes you to that next place. You're yeah. like, oh my God, like that really could happen if I was in that scenario. Bye, baby. <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's a it's it's a brutal movie. But again, go go back to it because I love I love award seasons because mm-hmm. I loved Matt Damon in The Martian because he led that movie. Sure, you got to know sure. him. You knew his motivation, sure. and you were on his side yeah, too. For you sure. know what I mean? And I, I almost I'm feel like science the fuck out of this. Yeah, like, get <laughs> yeah, fuck right, you are. You know what yeah, I mean? It's, yeah, it's, it's he's humorous. He's humble. He's living the most adverse adverse scenarios in the universe, almost literally, right? Mm-hmm. And he. He's just so likable. And DiCaprio's likable, but he, he's so stoic and so at arm's length as a character, you don't feel like you bond with him. And I don't feel like I ever really got the emotional depth of the character. But that doesn't that also, like, until you make that decision when you read the script and decide if you want to play that role or not? Like, mm-hmm. as an artist, don't you want to 
show that you can be in these different positions yeah you know what i mean and that you can be creative and and uh, from an artistic standpoint right. not that i understand that world and nor do i try to pretend to but like I can appreciate those Makes efforts. Makes some sense, you know what for I mean? sure. It's right. like, I haven't done this before. I right. mean, DiCaprio's done everything. Sure. Been every kind of guy. Likeable, dislikable, rich, poor, all of it. And they were Target. only filming with natural light. There was no artificial light in the oh, whole movie. Oh, that's amazing. I didn't know that. All natural light. So like the fire scenes, everything, all natural wow. light. Yeah, so like you're looking at it from that team standpoint as well. Like, oh, they're going to do something really innovative yeah. and like, almost like crazy to do. So that can it's be. Amazing. Like, yeah. I can see like why you would. I would. Shoot. Oh, I didn't it know that. Rad. Yeah, that totally. changes it a little bit from from a technical perspective. I mean, yeah. it's a beautiful movie technically. Natural light. Yeah, interesting. Sunlight. That's it. God damn, and all the all the reflections of the snow, right? <sighs> that's but some yeah, of good camera lenses. Probably <laughs> some of the best. I imagine. <laughs> But it, it's certainly one of the. So you came away. Did you come away from it thinking, well, at least now I got to go get a drink at Box Table to settle my brain over this whole thing? Well, it's across the street. My friend Leo works there, so yeah. I got to go hang out with Leo. And then when I walked in, Jr. was there. Um, Joe uh, with Treaty Oak, he was mm-hmm. sitting there having a cocktail. Ryan from San Antonio was in town. So a high, whole and, crew, man. Yeah. And then Evan Meeker walked in, who I had um, officially just met. That, yeah, yeah. Literally then um so yeah it's just that snowball effect of all right so we're all <laughs> kind of hanging out and then proceeded to go over to um the townsend have a couple of shots oh, cool. over there yeah what'd out. you think of that beautiful bar it? it's gorgeous man yeah. those guys are cool they're doing some fun stuff over Very there it was, cool guys. it was my first time walking in it was yeah great, yeah great, you had a chance great. to go to small victory yet no that's another one to check small. just right right over there too where uh, that whole section or quarter if you will is uh-huh. just like getting really fucking cool yeah there's gonna be some great spots coming. i'm sure there. i'll be back down south pretty soon so I i'll think put that so. on my list yeah i mean and luckily you're not too far away being no it's not impossible you know? to get to yeah yeah absolutely do you how do you feel about the vibes from that da- like from the the, the co- cocktailology <laughs> industry like the vibe in dallas versus austin do you think they're they seem a little bit different to me is is there anything like palpable what, what, for you define that, what you say different so i can understand yeah more. sure so i feel like Maybe the industry in Austin is a little more playful. Does okay. that make sense? Maybe not that it's less professional, but a little bit more playful and maybe a little bit less casual. Okay. Or, or sorry, sorry, more casual. More casual. Than Dallas. Sure. Dallas is maybe more suit and tie kind of thing, like handshake deals and all so that. So you're talking about like more or less like perception and yeah. creative value? Maybe, yeah, that's a good way to put it. I mean, sure. again, I mean, like everyone shouldn't be the same though, right? No, I no, mean, true. otherwise it's yeah, boring. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of amazing talent, and I think every city that we're able to fortunately be able to travel to, yeah. you can always find something really, really cool. And I think Austin definitely is a big part of that conversation in Texas. Yeah, for sure. You, know, you can't talk about Texas without talking about Austin. Yeah. You know? And you can't um, talk about Texas without talking about Dallas either. Sure, but it's all relative. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but to say, I think it's all about the, you know, the, the fighting the good fight. And what I mean by that is, we're all working towards a common goal. We mm-hmm. all help and support each other. I know in, in our local Dallas community, we, we do a fantastic job of that. I yeah, brag on ourselves all the time for community, that. Community, yeah. Um, but outside of that, uh, from my personal experience, is the only thing I can speak from. I've not had one. I've, I've been able to reach out to every market if I've yeah. had a question about something and, and get an answer from someone who wants to help. Got it. That's amazing. So, like, no, I mean, our state's amazing. You know what I mean? So everyone that makes up our too. community is amazing. It's you its know. own economy in itself. Totally, that's, that's dude. The strange I mean, thing. Texas is an independent republic. I mean, by government, right? Yeah. So, well, yeah. <laughs> so there's your swagger right there. There, there you, know? you go. The Texas patriotism, right? Which is unique to Texas. You won't find uh, you won't find Montana patriotism necessarily in the same way. There's know? a lot of pride. There's a lot and there's of a lot pride. of good people doing some cool stuff, man. And, yeah. and it's rad to see all my friends grow. Like, it's funny. Like, when I first met you, 
was in 2012 in Portland. Was it 2012 already? 2012. God damn it, really? And that was right when my Texas career was starting to move forward with momentum. Yeah. Um, I had been winning some competitions, and I was in Portland because I'd won the North Texas position for the uh, Campari Cocktail competition. Oh, really? Okay. And was one of their finalists. I competed against Tacey Rowland that yeah, year. Yeah, Tacey, huh? She was representing Austin. Um, but, like, to see, for me, the last three years, not only where I've grown and been able to be exposed to some really cool things yeah. like everyone around me has too and i think it's really cool man like people develop momentum and they're focused and they're able to reap the benefits of working hard yeah and doing something that you love because you put a lot of yourself into it regardless if it's the brand side behind the stick the creative side you know the marketing side the sales side right. a lot of the under a lot of the sides that people don't even realize exist you know you're you're doing it from a personal place. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's really rewarding. You it's know? It's very much. It's a cool place. One of the things I wanted to do, I hadn't had a chance to yet, was go see uh, the Roosevelt Room. Yeah, Dennis and, and Yeah, Dennis and Justin's place, man. And I tell you what, it's gorgeous. And it's so cool. Those are two comrades that I grew up competing against mm -hmm. um, one way, shape, or form and have developed a mutual respect and friendship with. right and to see those guys i've known them both since uh their drink well days which has been mm -hmm. a couple of years which honestly wasn't that long ago um well, it's, it's, does it not feel like not just in the general sense of time but in this industry specifically six months is a massive amount of change just in six months whereas maybe in our personal lives it's not but in mm -hmm. the industry the, the ebb and flow and how people will move to other positions and stuff it's like countless people moving all the time. There's a lot of momentum, and sometimes that's a great thing, and sometimes it's a bad thing. Yeah. You know, I think in Dennis and Justin's example, it's a great thing. I mean, mm -hmm. these two young guys are now small business owners. Yeah. They're creating opportunity for the community as well as um, offering another option for what Austin has to show off. Right. And Justin, he's an incredible talent. And Dennis is amazing as well. Yeah. I mean, and they're both handsome. I mean, yeah. Come on, what like, the fuck, man? Like, <laughs> you got <laughs> you're on the cover of GQ mag magazine like no other. Like, right. right. It's like, like I mean, Butch, so, Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid, right? Like right? You got Paul Newman and Robert Redford. <laughs> I don't know which is totally, which, but right? that's how it is. Like those two kind of like suave dudes that have beards. Well, I don't know, Justin can grow a beard, but star still, power though. Star fucking power. There you go. Yeah, it's perfect handsome. how was your yeah, handsome how was your experience over there then? it was cool though man um they were busy as hell it was a tuesday night and it was 3d 3d but the bar and like all their tables were full and dennis was back there banging it out yeah justin was was hanging out with me though so that was pretty <laughs> cool <laughs> i had a chance to have a cocktail with the homie and give yeah. him a hug and, and shake his hand but i uh, know it was really cool man it was a great energy um great space and i couldn't be more happy for those people man yeah like, they did a great job and i think Probably here sometime in February, I'm going to do a Roosevelt Room week because I've got Dennis and Justin. I haven't put those interviews out yet, but it's great to hear them work, talk about because they were months apart. Oh, sure. Or probably about maybe a month apart. But mm -hmm. hearing them talk about the Roosevelt Room and hearing them talk about their personal growth and where this we caught them like in the midst of all this craziness in their careers. So it's a beautiful time. The I bet it's a little, great story to hear. Yeah, man. it's like, a beautiful like those guys. Those guys stuff. are cool people, man. It's killer. It's killer. Okay. And so let's, we'll talk about the, the tell, so Belvedere's got a new product coming out then you saying that is the peach nectar. Correct. So what's different? Cause that sounds a little more nuanced than a peach flavored vodka. So sure. the process is different. The sure. taste is different. So um, to touch on that real quick, it's a maceration process. And what uh -huh. that um, by definition really is, is extracting the oils from these flavor profiles. Mm -hmm. um, we're sourcing apricots out of Poland in three different select regions oh, cool. and uh, California peaches. And what they'll do after that is they'll blend and rest that with the Belvedere Pure that we distill and make. Yeah. 
and then that's how they'll produce the bottle. So there's no added sugars, nothing like that. Like gotcha. the flavor that you're just getting, the essence, the pure. It, it's essence the raw it. natural flavor profile, and um, it adds a lot of texture, a lot of viscosity on the palate. Yeah, beautiful product. Um, peach juleps, wow. peach fizzes. Yeah. Yeah, peach bellini, like a frozen slushy. Peach Alexander. Uh, <laughs> we can go on and on. Yeah, and it sounds know. pretty brilliant. But yeah, totally, totally great stuff. So, well, yeah. so, so you're a Texas guy then? Did you grow up in Texas? I'm originally from Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta, okay. And I moved to Dallas, Texas eight and a half years ago from Louisiana, from New Orleans. Okay, so so we, what, we're talking, you said you had a younger brother, is that right? I do. Yeah, and so core families in Atlanta, what were your folks So So um, originally, yes, yeah. and then we all started going southwest. South, It's okay. interesting because I was going to Louisiana to go to LSU uh-huh. and then did that and moved down to New Orleans, and then my brother being behind me went to LSU. How many years younger is he? Seven. Seven, so he's 26? Or sorry, 28 something. Yeah, I forgot that. I keep thinking you're 33. I'm 35, right? I'm 35, so he's seven years behind me. Okay, 28, 28. yeah, yeah. Um, So my mother ended up getting empty nest syndrome, Mm -hmm. and she moved down to New Orleans. No kidding. So it could be close because I was already there. Yeah. And then my brother was at LSU still, and that's 45 minutes. It's not a hard one. Yeah, yeah. So he would come home all the time or whatever. And then my brother moved to New Orleans. And then we I was there for a total of six years and then moved to Dallas. And the same year that I moved to Dallas, he moved to Austin. Oh, no kidding. And we've both been in Texas the same amount of time. No shit. So is he in Austin now? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So you see him every time you come into town, I imagine? Sometimes. If, yeah. he, if he makes, He's a cool kid. He's you know? a cool he, kid. He's ah. a cool East Side Austin kid. What know? does that mean, actually? For me, it means like... <clears throat> In my, in my example, it's my little brother <clears throat> who probably gets a gig every other weekend at a cool beer bar uh-huh. and works his job to make his bills. Right. Like, just to, and then his attitude's like, fuck it, whatever. Like, I'm just I just want to perform. Yeah, right? totally. What does he perform? Is he a guitar player? He is a bassist. A bassist, okay. Yes. Is he in a band then? A band or? right now? Yeah. Um, I, if he is, I don't know the name of it. Got we it. Don't really, I mean, when we see each other, it's just catching up. Like, touch and go. Yeah. So why is he same? But so so my brother, for example, is my half-brother. Mm-hmm. And we're very similar, but we're also really, really different. So it's interesting if you talk to both of us in the same room, it's like, what, really? Like, <laughs> my, my, we were out last night, for example, uh-huh. and the first time that my fiance's parents and my parents meet, and my brother, first time they meet him too, you know, mm-hmm. and- He's kind of socially pretty, awkward. It's, in it, it can be. Yeah. And I tell you what, the whiskey kind of helped until it sure. didn't help anymore. Sure. And then it was a weird situation. <laughs> then it was there. like, I have a drinking problem. Everyone else was like, God, he drinks this one was fourth whiskey already. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> They're still on their first. But yeah. it's funny because like the way that they interpret my personality versus my brother's. And so my brother came, he came out first because my parents were still doing some stuff. We all eventually met downtown in Fort Worth. And my brother's pretty quiet. He's, he's, he's a very smart guy, but he doesn't necessarily have the need to express that mm-hmm. right you know some people they want to make sure you know the the smartest person in the room kind of thing and perhaps i've had that problem before mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe maybe not but anyway so he he's kind of quiet and uh my soon-to-be father-in-law is like is your brother really conservative because <laughs> it's not like it turned into a political thing uh, because like somehow we were offending him like no he just doesn't talk all that much you know <laughs> and so it's those things that i love those dynamics between brothers but it's your full brother yeah yeah well i mean so Yes, like a backstory. People might, some people know this, some people don't. I was adopted mm. uh, from the time of birth, but I was 
Yeah, like but you was, didn't know the difference, right? You opened right, right. He right. was born seven years after I was already in the game. Right? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you won, you won that. Yeah, round. totally. Like, <laughs> You're the older kid. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I used to push him down in the laundry basket and tickle him until he pushed himself. <laughs> like all the all the fun brotherly pranks. See, I could, I used to be able to do that. Now, now I really just got maybe not a foot, but like a half a foot on me now <laughs> and, and reach. So he just all he got to do is take a swing, and my, my ass is knocked out. <laughs> he grew up, huh? He, he really grew up. So now, now I try to avoid conflict verbally. It's sure. Just, to not like push him and wrangle him. That's stuff. funny. But so what? Is, so I want to go back to a little bit because I don't know too much about Atlanta. And so you, you were, you spent most of your time there until you moved to Louisiana. I was then, in. A, right? I grew up in Decatur, Georgia, specifically, which okay. is the Cab County, which is a twelve-minute MARTA train ride from the east side of Atlanta to downtown Five Points. Okay. So anywhere, I mean, just from the transit system and where I lived in it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, really easy to get around. Totally, I was a skateboard kid. Oh no shit! You know, so I'm all around the you know different parts of the city. Yeah, yeah, hanging out, having a good time. What so? What kind of stuff were you doing? Let's say in high school. I was because I was trying to take us back to that moment. We're talking about Guns and Roses a little bit. You're skating. Sure. Sure. Were you going to punk shows and stuff like that? All this. Um, I would sneak in shows. I was still too young. You know, I'm like 14, 15, 16. I'm just getting exposed to. Cypress Hill, so oh, yeah, yeah. you talk about the 90s hip hop, yeah, shit earlier yeah for too. sure. Um, I'm spray painting on walls, I shouldn't be spray painting, on. yeah, you know, just, <laughs> just a little badass kid riding around town. Um, but that's my experience in Atlanta, pretty much. And there was this girl I had a crush on. This is you're gonna find this to be like a consistency in this conversation, girls, how far it goes, okay. Girl, I like girls, <laughs> um, so yeah, she, um decided that she wanted to go to louisiana for school and i was bored and i had nothing else to do i was like cool let's do it so like i moved out there chasing her <laughs> <laughs> was this after high school then i guess you yeah graduated this, is, this is uh probably two years after high school so you're like 19 20 yes, something like that exactly it's and a then, good time uh, to, to to do that shit, yeah i had nothing you know? else going on you know so um so girl so all right so i'm gonna take a step back just even one more time and so the thing that's interesting is so one i didn't know you were adopted and it doesn't frame stuff really right. that much differently right but you said that you're your mom and dad were they relatively in the church then when you grew up you said your mom was specifically. yeah totally so what's interesting is my father had a background in technology um but when i was probably i was a young kid i was probably seven or eight years old he had graduated from emory university with a degree in theology oh wow and he went on to uh, become a methodist preacher really yeah right game changer and what, what do you think it was for if you can think about it like what being I don't know. Tech, it like, was what's just that from, flip? What switch? Switch? You flip? know, like I don't, it's hard to say. I like, like on a spiritual level, you would say that it's it's a calling or it's it's a notion that or an intuition that you're acting on. Yeah, you don't question it. Right, you, you just you, feel you're it. You're doing it. Sure, totally. This is what I'm doing. Yeah, you know, we gotta um, respect that. No, hundred percent. Right. So, um, I, you know, for me, I haven't had that kind of direction so i can't really describe it yeah. you know what i mean yeah, but i yeah. imagine it's something very powerful like that right some kind of just move striking strike to move yeah totally you know, as they do in the court um and so for an early part of my childhood i grew up um with that influence in my house and my mother had a education background with degree in library science mm. was she and ever a librarian or was she just she teaching? was a librarian and then um later on was a director over certain regions yeah um don't know how like the works. library system yes oh very cool yes. uh, so so was it safe to say that you have like a pretty good rooting a root in academia with in the in the house yeah but i didn't really pay that much attention no why you know, Just I, was, you were I was observant i was around it yeah um i learned a lot of the good habits you yeah. know what i mean but 
that was my norm. I didn't want to do, yeah, you know, you didn't want to your do home the life isn't stuff. cool, right? That's right, what the cool right. kids are doing, yeah. right? So, you know, I'm, 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 I'm exposed to it, obviously, but right. I'm not, I'm not necessarily applying it 100. percent It's interesting you know? because I feel like we, we later in life we embrace the things that came, brought us to be morally ethically right mm-hmm. so being respectful having integrity treating women well which is a big value that i learned with a single mm-hmm. mother and stuff but for a long period of time it's a big fuck you to that whole thing and we just rally against it we it's a revolution against everything that's at home you know and so you talk about like skateboarding's got to be something that's out of the norm spray painting which maybe just an expression of your artistic mm-hmm. sensibilities maybe <laughs> sure <laughs> but, but it's funny like did you ever circle back and say like, all right, now home is something and these things that my parents represent, I want to come back to that? Uh, I, I've adopted a lot of that influence. And now that I'm a 35-year-old man, a lot of it makes sense. Yeah. But um, again, it's only a partial adaptation because I don't have a family life. Like I don't have kids. I don't have two sons, mm-hmm. you know, and then... The, the social dynamic in the house changed a lot too when, and like for me the real early 90s like 1990 91 uh-huh. my father and mother got a divorce oh okay how old and were you then Roughly i was 10? 10 and 11 years old yeah and then fast forward four years my dad dies on his deathbed at 44 holy shit cancer what kind of cancer uh there was a couple of different varieties really apparently. it wasn't just one that's yeah. insane so yeah experiencing that <clears throat> so that was a big shift yeah now it's a single parent household right now it's a mother trying to support two sons on her own with no real assistance Dude, you know what i mean told, so been there. so that you Absolutely. have that financial stress yeah. right uh, but at the same time she recognized that and she adapted to it by putting herself back through school to go on and further her education again yeah. um to where she can make up for all that right um as i was growing up at that same time i was helping with a lot of those duties but sure. i at that she was still paying the dues to get where she needed to be. Yeah, she's and still so, working, and you're still trying to understand who you are. Right, 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 right. And my brother grew up in a different mindset because a lot of the benefits at that time when he was coming of that mindset, yeah. um, my mom was there for him in a lot of ways too, which is cool. Like, sure. I totally, yeah, yeah, totally cool. Um, but it's funny, like, going from Atlanta to Louisiana, Atlanta was where I first ever got behind the bar. Really? Yeah, I was um, first year... First semester going to Georgia State, and I worked at the Intercontinental Hotel in Buckhead. Okay. And this is, oh, I'm dating myself now. <laughs> well, it's before you moved for the girl, right? Yeah, this yeah. is like 2000. Okay, okay. 2000. Totally different world. Totally different yeah, world. Yeah. And I was, um, I was a waiter. Really? Yeah, and I even lied getting that job. Just about your age or your credentials? Oh, it was about my credentials. <laughs> so I well, needed, sir, yeah, what's that? Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> so I needed a gig. I needed to make some money. I didn't have any, I didn't have a job. And um, I always remembered that when my mom and I were younger, we'd go on vacations. She was made it a rule that you leave um, something for the housekeeper, a couple of dollars, oh, whatever. Yeah. You know, it was just yeah, a nice great. gesture, right? Sure. For their efforts. And so I remember I was like, well, shoot, I'm going to go work at the Ritziest Hotel I can think of uh-huh. and be a housekeeper. I'm just going to clean rooms, make beds, whatever. Yeah, for it can't sure. be that hard, right? Eight hours a day is steady pay. Um, but when I went in, that person was out to lunch, and the food and beverage director was just walking into HR saying, do we have any applicants for food and beverage? You need it. They need it and bad, right? It, and the HR person was sitting there saying, like, I don't have anything on file right now. Sorry. And then she looked at me and said, what is he here for? And I said, I'm applying to be a housekeeper, but they're out to lunch. And yeah. she was like, have you ever worked in a restaurant? I said, absolutely. <laughs> I need a job, dude. 
this is like yes, this looks yeah. like a sure thing yes you know what i mean yeah you don't even have to go through an interview probably right right like, right right you so like, yeah me me so yeah. the interview process was simply um where have you worked at before and i lied and told her some names of restaurants in atlanta right? yeah yeah um and she asked me to describe steps of service so i just described back to her how i'd always been taken care of <laughs> i was just mirroring the conversation yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> And the first three weeks, I was so intimidated. I actually hid in the back of the house for the first three weeks and would do like all the side work for everybody. Mm -hmm. I would wash dishes with the dishwasher. I would help at events if they needed help setting for up. Sure. Like I was, I was so scared to go on the floor because it's just because me. of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's just me and the guest, and I and my job is to satisfy them in an extraordinary way. Right. That's intimidating to do. If, I can't imagine from a background of you know not really caring about other people, right? <laughs> yeah. so, or, or imagining or what imagining, it might be like to yeah, care about somebody. totally right. Like this is what I'm going to be doing the rest of my life. No mm -hmm. way. Um, but I just went out there, and I went. I remember going out there, like turning my fear into excitement, right? Yeah. Like I. That's can't what happens. Fight like, or flight, right? Like, I can't avoid this. This is going to happen yeah. right now. I'm live, yeah. and I go up to the table and I introduce myself. And this might not have been the most professional thing to do. But I welcomed them to the restaurant where mm -hmm. they were staying at. I asked them about their day. And um, I told them a little bit about me. Yeah. I said, you know, my name's Josh. And this is uh, an opportunity that I have to be here with you all this evening. This is part of my spiel, right? Yeah, Just right. trying to be polite. Sure. Um, you know, <clears throat> I would appreciate some uh, your patience during my first service. Yeah, right. But I'm excited to be here with you. And everyone was totally receptive, right? Yeah, because you, it's a, it's a nice, polite way to frame the experience right yeah. because something bad potentially could happen here <laughs> but they won't get mad at you if they're like oh I, it's his I'm, first trying to, I'm, I'm trying to do as much like putting out the fire now before it even starts <laughs> right. you know um but it was funny because my shift lasted for about two and a half hours and it was that same excitement throughout the whole shift through all my tables yeah. and getting that reception back that really built my confidence into thinking that oh all, all i really need to do is be polite yeah and and take care of people and uh i can have a lot of fun you know, so you do you actually so you enjoyed it? Oh, one hundred percent. It became a, like a new talent that I didn't know I had. Right, right. But I didn't even think that far yet. I just knew this was something fun that I could potentially be good at. Sure. Um, so after about four months of working breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I'm working all I'm working all the shifts. I'm making mm -hmm. all the money. Like I'm loving this. Two and a half well, hours. Yeah, here, it's a lot of money for four you. Four hours here. Sure. You know, you know, the money's great. Were you living by yourself at that point? Oh, I'm still single. Oh, yeah, yeah, dude. It's per possible. perfect, right? Yeah, oh, I'm hanging out. You know. <laughs> magic like city here i come you know <laughs> enter woman stage left <laughs> yeah. but uh no life is good man and then um i always remember the bartender john and he's just a good old boy from georgia mm -hmm. he's nothing fancy about him but he was a hard worker and he knew his drink recipes yeah and one day i asked john because it's all about the money you make right I was sure like, how much money are you making behind the bar like i work four hours and i make x amount of dollars yeah and he was like, oh, man, I average. It was like damn near double what I was making. Oh, I was like, what? I was like, dude, teach me how to bartend. He's like, I never will. He's like, Why? Because he he's got a good gig. Because he wanted all the money, right? Ah, yes, you know what yeah. I mean? But totally, I get it. You know, he, I mean, honestly, at that time, he was averaging probably four to 500 a night, mm. give or take. But uh, keep in mind, we're in a hotel, mm -hmm. a lot of, you know, weddings, events sure. a lot of transient stuff like people business yeah biz, yeah a lot of business uh travelers things like that so it's a lot of consistency mm -hmm. um and that was really really fun but i'll never forget there was one night there was a wedding group that came back to the hotel that he didn't anticipate 
and it was a group of about 150 people. Oh, and it's shit. just him. It's 11:30. It's like a Monday. Yeah, he's yeah. thinking he's gonna close down by 12 and get uh -huh. out of there by 12:30. No chance. And I'm just, I'm just getting cut. I just sit on my side work at the restaurant, and I, I had heard this from the front desk. So I go over to John. I was like, "Do you need a hand?" He was like, "Yes." Begrudgingly, he's like, "Yes, fine, kid." And um, and I said, "Yo, I don't know how to make anything." Like he was like, "Well, you're gonna learn tonight." So he <laughs> taught me how to make a Long Island iced tea. He taught me how to make a Cape Cod, mm -hmm. um, a margarita, and a Manhattan. It's good. Good enough. Those drinks. It worked, and, right? No, totally. And then, but it was funny because bartending is like learning a new slang. Yeah. You know, already it has a drink name that sounds cool, right? Like a screwdriver. Right, right. And now you're saying, I want a Belvedere screwdriver. Well, if you don't know what Belvedere is, how are you even going to think about, like, whoa, you know what I mean? Right, it's right, just, right. You know, whoa. Well, but, that um, sounds way too fancy. Right. <laughs> yeah. But um, that was like the beginning of an education for me. Sure. Um, and I enjoyed that energy because it was such a quick interaction. Very much so. Show. I can make people so happy so quickly. Yeah. And, and there lots was so, of and more there people, was, you know, more trends. It's just like in and out. In yeah. And, out, and, and out, like yeah. people were just throwing money at me. I was like, this is amazing. And my pants are still on. <laughs> I don't have to take off oh, anything. Oh, my God. Like, all I have to do is clean up. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. Do this all night long. Yeah. So, um, but that was intriguing. And then, like, you know, applying the rules of hospitality that I learned um, to the speed of service mm. um, in an efficient way. And it was just a cool, cool experience. And then, like, learning in Louisiana was interesting. Uh, worked in hotels there. Also Wait, so I do want to know where you met this girl that drew you to Louisiana. Okay. <laughs> she she uh, was a girl that was in the same class as me. Okay. Uh, in and high school, you mean? Or yes, at, yes, okay. we class of '98. Gotcha. Oh, there's, there's the date for yeah. it. Yeah, um, same, same, same date for me. So. Yeah, and then you know she was just taking her time. I was taking my time. We were kind of had like a summer fling on and off. Yeah, and then, you know she was ready to pull the trigger, and I was like, okay, let's you know, to like be official or to move? Uh, to go, just gotcha. to go experience Louisiana. I was because yeah. I'm, I was like, I can always come back to Atlanta. Yeah, sure. I'm not doing anything else. Like, let's go see what like New Orleans sounds cool. Sure, it does. Baton Rouge is really cool. Yeah, like, I don't know anything about Louisiana. So, um, yeah, I bartend there um, at a couple of different high-volume like restaurants. Yeah, uh, Mojitos are big. Muddled drinks are big. Mm -hmm. Pineapples and mint, basils and strawberries, cucumbers and sage and black pepper's a thing. Right, and, right. You know, Which is a, it's a, it is a variation on a theme. I imagine like that first true variation you see. So you get the basics, mm -hmm. people ordering the basic stuff that's maybe... Uh, a little bit more elementary, which is good. But then you're like, all of a sudden, you add in sage, sage, right? Shit, really? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's the first level like, of modifier. Like, 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 but it makes so much sense. Yo, for sure. It was it totally just like, but that's like that, just that way of thinking, right? Was was new to me. Yeah. Um. And so, like, I, you're so yes, technically, I'm being exposed to craft cocktails, but I'm not aware of that. Right. I'm which just is aware even of, better. Right. I'm you so, can't I'm, get a pompous attitude about it. Right. Oh, totally. You just get it. You just get the yeah, knowledge. This that's is it. this is the recipe, and this is the job to be right, done. So you exactly. execute it um totally so worked that kind of scene for a while and then um eventually ended up down in new orleans uh which was cool and bartended at royal sinesta hotel no for a shit couple of years yeah that's that amazing fun. gotta have the turtle soup when you're there just yeah tell, just telling you a little inside, i gotta get it so what's uh, where's carousel bar montaloni or uh royal sinesta no 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 carousel bar no 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 i worked at royal sinesta carousel is bar is at the montaleon no montaleon there we go yeah yeah, yeah. um but that's where I, who you just saw leave, go have brunch. Yeah. Um, met Marie. You met Marie and really? Yeah. She was there for her job. She is, um, 
I call it a glorified secretary, but it's an executive <laughs> assistant. Okay. And she works for uh, the president and CEO of her company. Oh, so cool. she helps with like the travel arrangements yeah. and details and their itineraries and things like that. And she was needed in Louisiana for um, a year's time. Okay. And her and her girlfriends would come down to the bar about once a week and hang out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, just have a good little. A patron. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we'd flirt that way or whatnot. Um, She's going to kill me for telling this story. <laughs> Man, love is a great thing to tell so, and to share. So, so funny story, though. Um, she ends up having a good time one night uh -huh. and, and leaves with her friends. And they go out. And then I don't see her for about a month. And I asked her friends. It's like, where's Maria? And I haven't seen her around. They're like, Josh, she got she got pulled over the last time oh, she left. Oh, shit, really? I, like, uh -oh. I knew I was working, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, fuck, like, that's not cool. So I felt horrible. And I offered to take her to lunch, and um, she accepted. And we went to have lunch, and I um, was able to help her out and got the DUI expunged. Oh, good. So it was kind of like I just wanted to make good by that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but in that process, we ended up hitting it off. And then she um, had to come back to Dallas. Like, her time was up, right? So yeah. this is probably the last four months that she was in Louisiana. And so how long total had you been there already? Uh Couple couple years or months? Six. Six, six years? Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay, yeah. so that's a long time. Well, it's a long time to be any single place. Right. It's also, it gives me some kind of frame, frame of reference for how the girl that you followed, obviously that didn't work out. And then No, no. Well, you know, you're young and dumb and <laughs> full of the blanks. drinks. Right, yes. yeah, all the drinks. All the drinks <laughs> and all the love. <laughs> but, so, but, it, but it felt like the good, a good time then to, to move out of Louisiana. Love again is kind of guiding well, you. Well, it was a good one. it was a scenario of I'm not doing anything else. I've been in Louisiana this <laughs> yeah. amount of time. Like, been here, if done I can it. express like how amazing <laughs> this is, like the, the the chapters in your life, I'm telling are you, punctuated man. by like your hands rubbing. Like, I don't have anything else to do. Yeah, it sounds like a good idea. Let's <laughs> yeah. do it. I mean, but, but at the same time, it's like it's giving an opportunity a chance to be the most that it can be, right? Yeah. Oh, because yeah. it's like here's an opportunity to do something really cool. You're totally open. You to can it. either have the story to tell later on, or mm -hmm. you can live it, right? Yeah. And so. You know, I like to live as much as I can, and, and part of me doing that is, you know, going on journeys and yeah. using part of those journeys. And I'll tell you what, like, and, and this is something that I, I hope we had a, per I feel like one of my favorite, most memorable moments, like, in this industry so far, right? And that is that, like, we went, we were at Portland Cocktail Week. And I don't know what the fuck we were really trying to do, trying to find a legitimate speakeasy, if I recall, something like that. Do you remember that? So we ended up walking the streets of Portland at like, two or three in the morning. That's right. <laughs> And we were just sitting talking like like you do. And it took me back to a time when, when I was younger. We're like, we're going to go walk all the way to 7-Eleven, go get a Slurpee, and then walk back. The right, same equivalent. Same, same fucking thing. Same equivalent. We're going, we got this thing we're looking for. We're going to go get it, and then we're going to walk around. And then all those times, and I remember some of the best conversations with my friends in my teenage years and all that kind of stuff happened because we're just hanging out, you know? Just kind of doing that. And so that was a, an amazing moment. And you, so from, from that point forward... I was always like, man, Josh is a really good person. Mm -hmm. Not because some you don't necessarily get into people revealing how good of a person they are in such a short amount of time. You know well, what I mean? I mean, it's like I don't have time to waste. You don't either, and it's yeah. like I, I, you know, it's frankincense. I don't know. Like, yeah, dude, <laughs> it like, is. It's really it, it, just it's don't be work. a dick. Isn't that kind of the golden rule? Like, don't be a dick. Dude, it's, That's you know, right. People complicate this stuff, and and I get it. Like, there's a time and a place where you need to be very detail oriented and matter of fact. Right. And, right. Absolutely, I get it. But overall, if like your general attitude, I don't agree with that. Yeah. At There's the no end, point in being curt all the time. No, totally, man. Like, why? I mean, it's, it's all right. Don't you, work, don't you already work hard enough? Yeah, exactly. And now you want to be angry in your off time? No, you want to work and put effort towards being a dick. Exactly. 
What's the point? I mean, I like to have milk punches at 11 a.m. with my friends. Fucking right. Well, this this one. <laughs> then, so let's talk about this milk punch. And we'll, we'll absolutely transition into what I feel was a very lush, rich Dallas career. And then you working. It's Moet, right? Moet, Hennessy yep. as well. Work with yeah, them, which yeah. now. But for the time being, I'm used. I'm accustomed to sharing one of my bottles mm-hmm. with my guests. But here in Dallas on a Sunday afternoon, you so kindly, not only Marie brought some Mexican pastries, which are fucking delicious, mm-hmm. but you made a milk punch for me. I for mean, us, it's, it's Sunday in Dallas, dude. We brunch. We brunch hard. It's amazing. <laughs> so tell me, what do we got in this milk punch? Which was, so, I'm done with it, by the way. <laughs> so it's obviously quite good. So um, I use Hennessy VS Cognac in this, which is a blend of up to 40 Eau de V, aged from a minimum of two to eight years old. Wow. Um, you're going to get a lot, a lot of oak spice and really good, like, beautiful uh, baking spices. Clove yeah. comes through as well. Um, I paired that this morning with some vanilla bean ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> Already, <laughs> because, there's nothing wrong I with mean, that. I mean, it's already perfect. It's you know what I mean? Amazing, yeah. And uh, a couple of dashes of Angostura bitters for some aromatics and a little bit of complexity. Right. And um, a little bit of mint. I like the way it's fresh on the nose every Absolutely. time you take a sip. Um, whenever I have creamy drinks, like mint's really refreshing. It's yeah, like, it, it cuts it. It cuts the fat. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah, does. it's a sensory experience. So, um yeah, man. You know, there's a little bit of Louisiana for you right there. The man, punch. That's yeah, it's part inc- of it. Incredible. Yeah. I'm gonna take. This is my final. This was a nice full glass. Yeah. But now it is not. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm gonna join you in finishing <laughs> yeah. mine as well. Prost. Thanks for for making this drink, man. Ooh. It's freaking delicious. So you come in because love is such a wonderful. Oh, it's good. Introduction to travel. That's real good. <laughs> <laughs> so you move. You spend your six year rough stint in Louisiana, and then you've got at least some kind of stability because you this person you love you're kind of moving and were you guys i imagine really serious by that point oh uh, i mean just yeah like, but I'm like at the same time you don't want to be imposing so i mean i moved out here and i got an apartment in a design district mm-hmm. and then we continued dating and seeing each other um and then yeah you know after probably about at, at the 18 month mark we'd already moved in together cool. and like you know she started wanting to like buying a house and like family type stuff right like, i'm like whoa this is getting crazy <laughs> where do you stand with the family thing now i always have to ask myself that too man like it's cool but i mean it might sound selfish i kind of like i like what i've got it's not a bad life is no, it? no dude like i mean well, I, I love my friends kids and i yeah. love my friends with kids but part of their conversation is you know they had to get up at 3 a.m or 4 right. a.m it starts to define them someone else starts to define but them. i get it though like it's because at that point you've got to live for something beyond yourself sure I, I totally understand. Uh, yeah. It. Do you, so that's absolutely, you're totally right. And I yeah. think that's really a lot of the momentum as to why people have kids a lot of times is that not that they don't feel a purpose, a greater purpose in the universe or the world. It's just that they feel like maybe the best ex- expression of my purpose is through somebody else. Right. And you might agree with this. You might not, but I don't feel that way. Right. I feel like it's my responsibility singularly, mm-hmm. maybe with the staff. Right. But <laughs> it's my, <laughs> It's my responsibility. You've got to money, leave. Mike G. You got no, staff. I, do not have staff. <laughs> I meant staff infection, Josh. That's what oh, I meant. Okay. That's a great reference too. <laughs> no, but the, the, the my impression is that I want to inspire other people. I want to have some kind of accessibility, and then people think that they can also do amazing things. Not to say that I'm doing amazing things, but if people think so, right. it's great if I can inspire them to do that. And that's the way. I can pay it forward. I'm not ready to pass that torch to another being yet because I'm not even 
I'm far Dude, from fucking you, being man. done, right? Like my attitude right now is like, if it happens, that's amazing. Sure. I will totally, I will be so excited. Yeah, you will. You'll be a you great know what dad. I mean? Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not planning for it, but I'm prepared for it. You mm -hmm. know, um, there's a lot more things I want to live and discover first. Absolutely. You know, there's a lot more growing I need to do as an individual and right. as a man. Totally. Um, I don't know when. I don't know when that ever ends. That journey doesn't ever end. That's a great question, right? Because I think that's part of the understanding, though, developing, knowing that. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it's it. Because wouldn't that be the overstanding then? Understanding that you won't understand everything. I love that. Yeah, it's that's agnosticism. I mean, that right? <laughs> I mean, agnosticism. I, I don't sure. Know, where you you understand that you don't know. Yeah. But so you get into Dallas. What was the first gig that you had here? It, had, it seems like you had a pretty good pedigree at that point. Working um, so coming to Dallas, didn't know anybody. This is 2008. Mm -hmm. I um, work at the Sheraton Hotel, downtown Dallas. And um, yeah, I get back into that. Hotel gigs are A, accessible. Yeah. Um, they offer benefits, a great hourly wage. Sure, and sure. Good tips. Yeah, it's corporate. So, I mean, it's a good gig. Yeah, totally, totally good gig. Um. So do that, but knowing that I want to get involved into the Dallas community. Mm -hmm. um, so after about a year of that, uh, transitioned into working for the restaurant group Eddie V's. Eddie V's, okay, I opened yeah. the one they, they have here in Dallas. No kidding. Um, that's, well, wow, when was that? Two, 2011? Yeah, maybe so not too, too far ago. Is that the only brand they have? Eddie V's? Yeah, is there a couple of different ones they have? Well, a couple of years ago, um, the group that owns Olive Garden and oh. Capitol Grill, Darden, um, they bought Eddie V's. Oh, okay. That was one of the okay. reasons why I left. Gotcha. It totally changed the culture of it. Everybody. Right, right, right. So, um, got to, so again, transitioning to the Dallas scene, that was you know me getting to local restaurant level. Um, still trying to discover where the cocktail scene is in Dallas. Was and, there one then? Um, there was, but I wasn't aware of it then. Yeah. I didn't learn until later where it was happening. I was kind of going to the wrong spots. Mm -hmm. But eventually met up with the cocktail scene in dallas in 2012 that was when i joined the usbg um, became real active and participating in that right a lot of those members being exposed um to like balsa ricardo for the first time which mm -hmm. is where um a lot of the dallas names you'll hear like eddie lucky campbell who now owns parliament oh does um, it really okay yeah um you should definitely check it out while you're in town yeah i yeah. need to i wish i weren't close today oh <laughs> uh, yeah that does suck um but anyway, um, he's here. Uh, Mike Martinson at that time was at the mansion. I didn't know Mike, mm -hmm. but he was the one who was here. Uh, Jay Cosmos was here. Jay, yeah. Um, I, but I don't know these people. Right, I, you, you just know, had heard of them, right? Right, totally. Well, at that, kinda, point, at that point, not even really heard of them. Um, still kind of discovering them. Um, and it's just a matter of, you know, being in those social circles and you, you start meeting people and running each, into each other. The right. first time I met Mike Martinson was at a Campari competition in 2012 and i was it was my second ever guild experience mm -hmm. like get together and i just wanted to observe and pay attention to what a cocktail competition was what right, i meant, right. kind of study it and things like that and i remember like introducing myself to him and at the time he was on his computer looking at um the science of perfumes and aromatics oh like, yeah like which is french, brilliant with french technique Fundamental. And i was yeah. like oh shit i was like that's a great idea i was admitting that i, like, I, I never thought like that yeah i was like duh <laughs> like just yeah. make the mint. it's an aromatic it's right. again just like understanding what sure, you're doing sure. you know um but i remember walking away being impressed by that um <clears throat> and a couple of my friends like julian pagan i'd uh -huh. worked with at eddie v's uh it was my first time seeing him again since then 
Um, and he was working over at the Cedar Social, which was Mike Martinson's yeah, spot. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was a couple of cats. I remember meeting um, Anthony Polo, who's uh, around Dallas a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, was Andy Arrington up here then? No, I oh, yeah, met right. Andy. I met Andy during my Bar Smith days, and that was man, twenty. 13, 14. Yeah, something like that. 2013. Yeah, it was, a, it was an eight month, it was an eight month project. But uh, I remember Andy being recommended to us, and he came on board. And he was an interesting fellow, man. And, Andy, <laughs> yeah. Andy's, Andy's smart as hell, though. He's so smart. People don't understand that that guy is, man. He has a he's, grasp of detail like very few people I've met. He, he's a smart journeyman. That's right. Yeah. Because he, he is craft, like beyond cocktails, yeah. beyond cooking. Oh, Growing food, agriculture, man, process, all of it. It's man. lifestyle. He's a renaissance man totally. of that stuff. In yeah. the most modern way, though. Yeah, oh, you sure, know? sure. Um, I used to get aggravated with him because he's not fast at bartending. <laughs> but but I couldn't argue. Being any- smart's not a fast <laughs> journey, Jeff. No, it's not. No, it's not. You learned that, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, but yeah, like working with Andy was a lot of fun. He's a, he's a great guy, and I had the pleasure of seeing him at Tell's. Uh, the last time we were together, and that was really cool to see him. And yeah, I follow him on Facebook and stuff like that. I don't see him as much as I'd like to, but he's doing great work in Austin. Yeah, it's great to have people. him. Great, we we recruited him into Austin. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. it's an amazing thing. So the what what I kind of so on my radar. Let's put it this way. So I'm in Austin. Stuff's kind of happening. You talk about 2013, 2014, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden I start seeing this stuff about this bar called Bar Smith. Yeah, and I'm like, this feels like something like we have midnight cowboy in austin it sure. feels like that in dallas that's a concept i like and there's got to be some dudes with some big fucking balls uh-huh. to put out a like if you if, if you cancel your reservation without notice kind of thing mm-hmm. like fuck off right like that that's an amazing <laughs> piece i mean that was probably something more just fodder for eater or whatever which wherever i read it at the time uh-huh. but this seemed like this was maybe a cocktail mecca coming to be well that that was the brainchild of Martinson. Mm-hmm. That was the first project that I worked on with Omar Yufun. Um, that's where Will Cruxville got his first ever opportunity. That's where Ryan Sumner was um, an active apprentice along mm-hmm. with Charlie Tips, um, also known as Daniel Farron. That was the team. That was Bar Smith. There was also um, Mate. Mate, yeah. He was there one day a week. Um, you also, if you look at FKA as a whole, formerly known as, mm-hmm, because we mm-hmm. left the projects, the Cedars and Bar Smith together, yeah. um, that also includes Trina Nishimura, that includes Moby, that includes Mike Steele, um, and a bunch of other people that I need to be naming and just can't think of right now. <laughs> this is, I'm taking notes. There's a lots of people to no, talk it's, to. It's, it, you know, I mean, but these are all good people that stand for the right things. Yeah. And, you know... They flock together, don't they? They find a way to, to meet in the same place and build this ideology. It's a culture. It is. It's a culture. For sure. You know, and, and we're all, I mean, we have each other tattooed on our bodies. It's amazing. You know what I mean? Like, it's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. I t- you know, it's, everyone wants to belong to something. And it's sure. Pretty, you know. Something that they can rally behind. Yeah. Something they can support. Totally. It's built in ethics and built in knowledge and all of this, you know. I got some tough brothers and sisters out there. For That's sure. amazing. <laughs> How was that experience working over there? Oh, man, it was mind-blowing. It it made me pay attention to everything. Yeah. If I thought I was good before, I wasn't anything now. Right. Um, and again, every bar experience is a level of learning. And uh, being there, 
my flavors were already on mm -hmm. that's that was a reason why i was given the opportunity to be a participant in that program yeah um but from that um my garnish game definitely increased um my presentation in glassware i thought about more because mm -hmm. now i had all these different options versus like your basic five glasses right. that you might have in a bar now i'm working with vintage and crystal a new scale to put oh, into man. a song right yeah, yeah dude it was like it was like the fine dining of cocktails if you would right um that's a great way to put it yeah but i mean the whole goal there again was to be hospitable um and offer something to dallas that dallas hadn't seen before but more so than that for texas to be recognized yes yeah. you know um just to bring more attention to our state and that was, you know, going to be that part of that contribution. Right. Um, there were other plans down the pipeline as well, from from that project. That was project. That was actually project two that was supposed to launch second, mm -hmm. which ended up evolving into project one, oh, uh, before the other project was developed. So there was going to be three more behind it, and it just didn't work out due to business disagreements and sure. conversations I wasn't a part of. Um, but it was a great time, man. During that time, Omar's winning competitions. Uh, I'm winning competitions. You know, we're both traveling. Uh, we're meeting new people. We're we're able to represent a great brand and a great product. Mm -hmm. um, it was a good time. You know, I mean, do you look back at? Do you think that Dallas will ever line up in that same artistic way as it did with that that spot? Because it had some resonance outside of the state, outside of the city, and it, in a sense, it was like this. Band it had a deep the, impact. That's it right. made a boom. Yeah. It made a boom. It's like right before it blew up, the singer died. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. It's totally what it totally. is. Totally. And so totally. I just wonder, not to say, because that has to happen. So I was listening to New Order earlier, right? So yeah. Ian Curtis kills himself. New Order is born. And New Order couldn't have come from anything else. And New Order has had a much longer career, a much more prolific career. And now they are a part of the fabric of music, modern music, even still, 30 years later, you know? And so maybe that's what Smith was, right? Is well, it? Smitch was a great launching pad because look at where everyone else is today. Yeah, Mike now owns Proof and Pantry and Madrina, mm -hmm. hands down best restaurants in Dallas. No in shit. The list. Give, Amazing. Give a damn what list you look at. Yeah. Um, Omar Foods with the '86 company. Uh -huh, right. You know what I mean? Mate's a beverage director uh, for his company. Uh, Will Croxville just took an opportunity in New York uh, working with Mario Batali. I mean, you have oh, all wow. these like all this great lineage. Yeah, that's that right. Lineage from that. You know. Um, it's exciting to you know to to, to see where everyone absolutely where, where they found their direction yeah it's, you know it's incredible I mean? man like everybody starts out in some band yeah you know and then they go into bigger better things it's it's crazy i love it because I, I always compare everything to music yeah. ryan's doing great in la he's in la right yeah, yeah. Now, where's julian at julian was working at madrina and he also is um, a part-time ambassador with the sazerac company oh very cool yeah, yeah so everybody kind i mean of everyone on. yeah like the, mo the momentum changed mm -hmm. but the goals didn't right you know when did you make that choice to move from behind the bar to educating the bar so literally a year ago about a year exactly yeah yeah i uh, officially went live in my market this is going to sound very corporate um, <laughs> <laughs> um march one march one that's but, uh that's the first of the new quarter isn't it yeah if you're doing a yeah, yeah. now that i, now that I understand that that's right yeah, yeah. I've lived a full quarterly year. Now. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was about a six-week conversation, and it wasn't an easy choice to make, honestly. Um, I struggled with it because I was part of this great team that has a solid momentum. I'm working at Proof and Pantry. I'm one of the lead bartenders. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm enjoying what I'm doing. Um, 
wasn't looking for anything different and that's why it works because when you're looking that's when it it doesn't work there's something about that that's right something about that don't be over eager let that be the message of the yeah. day. um or don't feel like you're too deserving you know? sure because we aren't you gotta be humble the whole time and i think attitude man that's the biggest thing like that's been my biggest probably tool that i've ever used is being able to have someone vouch for your character that's right because goes, you know people question volumes. backgrounds and people question you know you know who they're associated with and things like that right. and that's a part of the game um but to be able to have someone vouch for your character that means a lot to me it's very personal to me um they're putting their name on the line for your name and you know yeah. what those are the same people i do the same thing for sure i do it all the time you know i mean part of this industry especially like where i'm at now you know you hear a lot about different opportunities either with the brand side or another restaurant or right. things like that and you know people ask about each other and so it's good to be able to stand up and speak well loudly. if you don't have that how how can your career go forward if you've been a dick to everybody you ever worked I mean, with i don't think it does you it don't can't. see those people around as much anymore that's now. right the, the, the industry's changing I mean, <laughs> so they're they're poaching you know? people that have good reputations totally. if you are known as the guy who falls out from a cocaine overdose behind a dumpster every time here in austin texas that could or even the guy who's drunk every night i mean like, right or you throwing know, like, up on shoes or, or whatever right it's funny because like you know i don't have a theater background but a lot of people in the service industry do and they it's always straight, they, they do they, yeah. they equate you know being on stage and i definitely understand that because i agree you should never have your back to a crowd right and yes you're on a stage Game even face. in your personal time people are always watching and mm -hmm. you know you call it creepy or unfortunate or whatever it just is a reality it's it what is. it is sure um and I, I hang out and i have a good time with all my friends all the time it doesn't mean I need to crush a bottle every time I see you. Right. You it's, know what I mean? It's like, the toll it will take I value on your, your conversation a lot more. That's way more. And that's you know going to I mean? deplete like, profoundly the more that we drink. Like one milk punch, brilliant. Puts right? us in a wonderful level setting attitude. Sure. Ten milk punches, one, I'd be real stuffed. <laughs> <for, laughs> why do I want to do that? Yeah, why, right? Because it does. It does degrade the experience. And totally. I think that you start seeing that as some of the people get more mature and older. Maturity often comes with age, not always. But... The older I get, I realize one mezcal, th that's it. That's all it takes. Mm -hmm. I want to talk to people, man. Yeah. I'm not trying to party and just make it so superficial because I feel like so much of this industry, not always, right? it doesn't afford us long format interactions, right? So coming into your house and you inviting me in warmly, being in your living room, getting to sit here and talk for, for over an hour, right? Has it been over an hour? It's crazy. It goes by so fast, God. you know? And we're not rapping yet, by the way. We still got to talk about the wet stuff. But <laughs> but that long format kind of stuff in these kinds of conversations, yeah. I would there's nothing I would give to, to not keep having these with people. because. And the cool thing is you're documenting it. That's right. It's a chronicling so the whole cool. thing. Right. I don't know that much about Dallas history, the cocktail right. scene, but you have been a, a, an integral member of that. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to go meet with Omar after this, right? Totally. So, so potentially, like, I will come back knowing so much more about the story. And maybe there's a book there somewhere. Who knows? Right? You know, I mean, but you know, that's the thing though. Like if you look at the amount of people that you know in Texas, everyone has a story. Absolutely. And like, you know, they're all very interesting. They're all very different, you know. Yeah. So um, bright. Omar's perception, or Omar's story is very unique. Like he came up hardcore, you know, bar back, yeah. you know, in the pubs, you know, punk rock bands, yeah, you know, amazing. traveling with Raven Horton Heat. He's done some cool stuff. Dude, I got to talk about the, the Rev. Yeah, No man. shit. He's done some cool the stuff. The Rev. All right, well, that's all. That yeah, is a mental yeah. note. I got to talk about that. <laughs> but yeah, but it is, but it is great. And I, having these kind of conversations, there's no, like I said, like there's nothing finer and there's nothing better to sit down with good people and have good conversations that are long, long format. Like, where do you come from? Not a lot of people know where right. I come from, where you come from, you know, right. and that's really, really important. So you're, 
a year in about almost exactly well as, as of three one a year yeah. so just short of a year and you make this choice to work with Moet because mm-hmm. I I went when I went the first, only time I went to Napa I learned it's not Moet it's Moet right 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 and they sought you out mm-hmm. they just saw they knew that you had well, class they knew that you had integrity all that stuff. they didn't know that um, I guess that comes back from having you know positive vibes in your world they yeah. they had people vouch for me right. So it was a position that was created in January of last year, and it needed to be filled by the middle of February. Oh, shit. So my director, my boss, my manager in New York, um, he put this together in a, in a short amount of time. So he had to reach out to his global network. Right, right. right. Um, from doing competitions, uh, met Juan Corrando, part of Think Food Group out of Washington, D.C., uh, he works with Bar Mini. He also does a lot of work with Bacardi. Okay. I met him on the Bacardi Legacy Cocktail Competition Circuit. And um, we had had pleasant conversations and things like that, but it had always been short. Right, you right. know, um, Short format. <laughs> no, totally. And But he was able to, you know, as a as one, a judge, and the two, as a mentor, mm-hmm. uh, was able to critique and, you know, look and kick your character yeah. and give you advice. And he understands like talent, probably. Sure. Or absolutely. Yeah. Um, and my manager, Joseph Solis, uh, had reached out to him, and he was kind enough to mention my name. And then he also had reached out to some people he knew in Dallas, and my name again became part of the conversation. Right. Um, so I was asked to interview, and I'm I'm probably one of <clears throat> fifteen to twenty candidates. No kidding. You know that are interviewing for this position. So you know, that's never exciting knowing that. No, it's not. The odds but, aren't in but, your favor. But right? at the same time, it's always cool to have a conversation, right? Yeah. Um, so the conversation was great, and then it discontinued. Um, when it came time to make a decision, though, I talked it over with um, Martinson, who yeah. I worked very closely with, and him and I, before this brand conversation came into place, had other opportunities that we were discussing together yeah. and things like that. Um, but he, had, you know, he allowed. I'm not gonna say allowed, but we had the conversation towards. He supported it. Right? Yeah, he totally. Yeah. He totally supported it. Like you know, recommended that I do it, you know, have a great experience. Like you'll see some cool stuff along the way. Yeah, you know what sure. I mean? Why not? No, totally. Right. And so, um, you know, I decided to move forward with it and yeah, it's been a year now. So it's, it's been a great experience. You know, my role has changed quite a bit. Um, What's the official title now? Oh man. Um, mixolo- well, we, mixology ambassador. Got it. Okay. I'll give you one of my cards. Before yes, please. Um, but what that what that entails, though, is uh, brand education mm. <clears throat> in my community about Belvedere Vodkas and Hennessy Cognacs, um, alongside with cocktail collaboration and creativity. Yeah. So I'll work with uh, lead bartenders, uh, bar managers on cocktail development, working with those two brands. Right, right. Um, and we'll do some cool stuff on menus and things like that. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, no, it's really great because I'm able to support my community in a way that I've not been able to before. Um, <clears throat> I'm also very integrated with it now, too. So it's yeah. it's a lot of fun. You know, it's I mean, you know, I tell you what, and a lot of people don't know this about me, so it's a few friends I'd go drinking with in my early twenties. Uh-huh. It was Belvedere and Tonic for me. Sure. All the time. Why man. not? Yeah. And it was good. It's good stuff. Yeah. And it's a great brand. It's got a good reputation. It's good quality. You know, mm-hmm. I mean vodka gets a lot of shit and you know, some of it's purported by me, but <laughs> but it I it still has its place, you know. I'm realizing it still has its place. No, absolutely. And 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 the thing about it any successful bar, you're going to have a vodka there. You have to. You'd be crazy not to. Yeah. Um, but it's funny, you know, one of the things, and, you know, obviously being a cocktail kid, <clears throat> vodka wasn't necessarily my default spirit all the right, time. Right, right. Um, but it's interesting now that I'm involved with it a lot more, and 
I'm able to sit down and try them side by side organically in a non you know biased way yeah. and really experience them for their own characters. It's, sure, it's been a new education. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And for me, I enjoy that because it's like it's it's making what might have been a weakness before a total strength now, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like I can, no, nah, dude, it, it's, it's a cool experience. It. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's just learning. Yeah, and I Learn enjoy learning. Once you stop learning. You cease to exist. I, I agree with that. You know, was it the unexamined life isn't worth a living? And I've mentioned that quote before, but I think it's Whitman or something. Mm -hmm. Someone correct me. I'm, you know, I hope that someone will start a Twitter that's the the fact corrections for all the stuff I say. <laughs> See. It has a filter before you type it. <laughs> or they'll call me out and be like, well, actually. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, you know what? I don't give a fuck. It doesn't really matter. You should go on Periscope. You could do that on Periscope. Yeah. Maybe I'll do it. Are you familiar with Periscope? No. What is that? Oh, dude. It's uh, powered by Twitter, but okay, it's live okay. video feed. And you ask questions. Oh, so it's like ask me the Reddit. So stuff? it's you and yeah. I having a conversation. Just like like say you're hosting the feed. Uh -huh. People would type you questions that you would read live, and oh, you would cool. answer them verbally. Oh, that's really. And cool. And they have like the background of wherever your camera, like you on yourself. Amazing. Yeah, it's super cool. God, we'll get at least two questions <laughs> by my mom. <laughs> and maybe Marie. Maybe, maybe Marie. Yeah. What do what Josh thinks about this? Right. <laughs> what the scene. Do you see yourself open up a spot? I always ask everybody that. But. You know, it's always part of the conversation. You know, um, it's always, but timing is important. Sure. Um, Money is important too. <laughs> oh, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Money is important. You can't ever argue that. But I mean, beside that being the obvious, I mean, there's still certain career goals that I want to hit within what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, more so to prove to myself than anything else. And ownership's part of that conversation. Too. Yeah. You know. Until you fully are responsible for those P&Ls to go back to the corporate speech. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's some paperwork to it, but it's just like, I mean, it's not, it doesn't consume my whole day. I mean, it can at times, right. don't get me wrong. Well, that's what I'm saying is that that transition may in fact oh, right. consume your whole day. You know? Yeah, I mean, the, it's funny, the transition. The transition, I learned this is a lonely job. Is it? Why is it? It's just you now. Like, yeah. you know, I don't go to a bar and work with my team. That's true. I don't have guests to please and, and surprise every day you're a seed in a much larger network right Dude. and i can't imagine you guys meet more than probably once a quarter or something right uh, it depends on who i'm meeting with and yeah. what i'm doing um but yeah people don't anticipate that so if you're thinking about becoming a brand ambassador understand and there's a lot of conversation about this but always do your research no matter what it is in life that you're going to decide to do but you know understand that sometimes it will just be you yeah you know your friends are at work bartending right <laughs> or they're sleeping and it's Monday or they're, or they're afternoon. sleeping yeah. it's Monday afternoon you know what I mean you're, like, you're on the computer at 9am totally right yeah, yeah absolutely it's you know, it is. you're it's live tough. You're, you're, it's time to go let's it, get it you in you have to and you like you start you have sending one, emails you got, lunch, you got lunch meetings by 1 one right? thirty. Yeah. you know what I mean you gotta go out and support that night like, Can't, you, and you yeah. have to moderate you have to be on time you gotta plan and schedule you have this, to this, plan and schedule it's a lot of details there's a lot of details do you think most people from behind the bar are equipped to make that transition no probably not right yeah. and I don't think you should be behind the bar anticipating to make that transition yeah that's a good point too you should be behind the bar because that's where you belong and that's where you feel to me the bartending is the best job in the world yeah it's giving me any opportunity I've ever asked for so it's a wonderful platform for so it's many the people best platform man for anything you want it to be we go back to talking about Dennis and Justin I mean they they had this everybody has to kind of start you pay your dues you have to do that and you got to get experience. You have to have an education. You can't expect to fast track your career in two years. Right. You're retarded. Yeah. That's not real. Oh, yeah. That's like not you, real you expect life. to be, are you, you know, you expect to be a small business a owner from a bar back in two years. Yeah. You want to be a VP in two years and understand every aspect of a business of which there's hundreds of people reporting to you? That's really what you want? Yeah. 
All right. Well, I'll watch you peril in flames because you have to There's spend no way. so much time, dude. There's no way. Yeah. You There's not learn. a thousand a day. There isn't. And yeah. I almost think you can't be 25 and do it. No. I don't know that it's physically possible. This next generation scares me. Yeah. It is a slight... And it, Got it. You know, it's. I wonder if it turns into this ageism thing, like where my parents. Oh, they don't it understand totally the music. Is. It totally I like. is. Because we're getting older. What else do we have to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> shit. There's a lot to talk about. snappers. Yeah, whipper snappers. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, though. And one on this note, there's been some amazing people I've met that are really pretty young, and they've true. They've got wonderful focus. They understand what it takes to be on time, what it takes to carry themselves in a professional manner. And not party to the nines every single night, because yeah. you'll par- you you perish to that, you know, in that Don't kind know. of lifestyle. But it's been amazing sharing the milk punch with the Hennessy sure. man, Hennessy VS. We're gonna have said, one more before you go. Might as well. We'll see. <laughs> it's been amazing. Your cat is adorable. You have an amazing living room, man. And I can't imagine spending a Sunday afternoon in a better way, Josh. It's been a pleasure getting. Cheers! To know you Thanks better, for man. having me. This has been a blast. Likewise, man. Talk soon. Thank sure. you. Well, there you have it, Josh Hendricks of Moet Hennessy, a Hennessy milk punch with a vanilla bean ice cream with a side of Mexican pastries on a Sunday afternoon in Dallas. How's that sound? Sounds pretty delicious, doesn't it? Had to take a picture so that I could always remember that warm, amazing moment in which Josh invited me into his house and we got to drink some delicious, delicious milk punch. Have to say that there's nobody I would rather spend time with, bro time down with, if you will, on the streets of Portland at 3 a.m. in the morning looking for a cocktail speakeasy that does not exist than Josh. Josh, thanks so much for inviting me into your home. Thank you for sharing your life. A lot of wonderful twists and turns there. And of course, love being a wonderful undercurrent that brought him to Dallas, Texas today. So, No matter what you're doing this week, singing karaoke, eating ice cream, thinking about buying some Mexican pastries, just whatever you do, whatever it is, please keep dancing.